Welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Get ready to hear the story of someone strong enough to bear it all. The Naked Podcaster is a representation of freeing yourself, giving you permission to be real in all your quirkiness, baggage, struggles to success, and tragedy to triumph. I'm so excited you're joining the journey. Your past doesn't define you, but it does lead you on a path to today. Let's get naked. Hello, welcome to the Naked Podcaster. I'm Jen, and today I'm with Christine Tay. Christine, how are you today? Good, good. Thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. I am excited, and I want to talk about how we met first. Sure. So on LinkedIn, I reach out to people, and I um, narrow it down by if you have the word mom in your headline, because I work with a lot of parents. And so I connected with you, and? And, well, I'm a doggy mom. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a mom, but I'm a doggy mom. But then we still connected because I am still interested in to be in a podcast. So it was perfect timing. (laughs) It was. It was great. And when when you sent me that message, like, oh, I would like to share information with you, but I don't think I can give parenting advice. (laughs) And I felt bad, but then we had a lot of fun with it. So I appreciate that. That was really fun. I have your website up and it's called Tay Financial Coaching. And we'll have everything in the show notes. Tay is is spelled T-E-H, financial coaching. Tell me all about you and what Tay Financial Coaching is and what what it's about. Yeah, sure. So um, I started my business part-time September 2016 while I was working at corporate still. So the reason why I started this business was because I wasn't really fulfilled in my corporate job. So I was a computer science major graduate and I started in data analytics. I did that for at least a decade and I was trying to switch jobs in corporate thinking I can find something that fulfills me but really it wasn't so I worked with a life coach she advised me to start doing this on the side and just see how I feel and not to quit my corporate job and I'm so glad I didn't even though I really wanted to so I I did this part-time doing it nights and weekends I started with friends and family first and I realized I really love what I do I'm actually really good at it and then so I just continued to do it uh September that was September 2016 and I keep doing it for two more years I think finally May of this year I realized that um no matter where I go in corporate I tried to move to corporate finance I still was not fulfilled so I just decided you know what I'm gonna give it a try be doing this full time and then just give it myself a year and see how things will go so, you know, if it's really bad, I'm not profitable, whatever, then I can go back to corporate. That's the worst that can happen. But so far, I've been very fortunate. Um, since May, it's been six months now. I, My business has been doing really well, and I'm really, really happy. I'm about to finish my enrolled agent certification. It's an IRS designation. So I will be doing tax preparation, and then I'll be a tax professional. So I do have unlimited rights to represent anyone in front of the IRS. So, um, yeah, so, so basically the whole mission of my company is to actually um, help everyone reach financial freedom. So that could mean getting out of debt, retiring early, or uh, quitting your job to run your business full-time. So everyone have their own unique definition of what financial freedom is, and I'm there to guide them and coach them to reach that goal. 
I love it. And so crazy. So tell me, what was your degree again? Computer science. And so that didn't tie in for you at all with this, no. or did it? No, I majored in it only because uh, I was born and raised in the Philippines. So we gra- we we go to college at age 16, not 18. We had we don't have middle school, so we saved two years of uh, education. So at 16, I didn't know what I wanted to do, and then um, and yeah, and my aunt who was uh, who was was in America, I was in the Philippines. She just advised me just major in computer science because you will always get a good job. And a 16-year-old doesn't know what they want, so she just followed whatever her aunt told her. And I have no regret majoring that because I did find really good jobs and I was making very good money with that degree. So I have no regret for that. So I think those times were the time it helped me build up my finances and then also while figuring out what I really want in the end. So everything that has happened, happened for a reason. It built a strong foundation so I could eventually do what I really want to do because now I feel that I'm actually a born entrepreneur and this is just, I just love running my own show, being my own boss and just doing whatever I want on how to run things and, you know, businesses keep growing and then I just continue to move forward and upward. Take me back. I mean, you just talked about growing up in the Philippines and going to college at 16. Skipping middle school is an excellent idea, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) You still have to go through those years, those ages where kids are not usually as great. But, you know, in the U.S., we go to school. I I graduated a year early at 17, between 17 and 18. How in the world... (laughs) Does anybody think, I mean, we're all adults running the show here. How do we think that anyone's going to know what they want to do for the rest of their life at 18 with almost no life experience? It's just, that's just a mystery to me. So six, 16 is even harder. Yeah. Um, did you like the computer side? I mean, you said you, you live in Silicon Valley. Yeah. So it's not cheap there. Yes. Right. And, um, did you like a lot of what you did with the computer science? You said you were unfulfilled, but can you go in a little bit more um, to that? I think I didn't hate the job as long as um, I had good bosses. So I had a mix up between bosses I didn't like to work for, the bosses I liked working. So there, there was one time I stayed at a job for almost 10 years, and majority of the time was I had a really good boss. So he, I mean... Really, the reason I was working was really to make money so I can um, I can pursue my hobbies that I love after work. I wasn't really thinking about personal finance at the time. I was just doing what I love to do, maybe whatever hobbies, doing, you know, I was always doing something after work, you know, whether dancing and taking a bunch of classes just so to experience life. So that was really my main focus at that time. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with liking your job and really loving the money and using that to have a lifestyle. So, I mean, so take me back and tell me about any of the struggles that you had growing up or when, because you're doing a lot to help people in a different way. And I want to talk about that later. I think we'll get to that after we figure out what the struggles were that you kind of went through growing up. 
Yeah, so I know, um, so the reason I do what I do is not because of any struggles I've faced. I think what made me want to do this was because when I was looking for someone to help me with my financial decision, and then that was like many years before I even became a coach, I just kept finding people who like just want my money. Like, hey, give me your money. Uh, manage it for you if not that they were selling me life insurance or whole life insurance that like I'm thinking I don't even have any kids or there's nobody to get my money if I die so there's really no one who's financially dependent on me which is the entire purpose of what life insurance is so it seems like they're only interested to get the commission and then I, I was really upset that at the time I own a condo and the housing bubble, you know, there was the housing bubble. It completely tanked. I bought a condo for four hundred thousand. It tanked to like hundred twenty-five thousand. So I wish I had a financial coach to talk to at the time to actually walk me through. Hey, does it make sense to sell this house? Should I keep it? Whatever, because like I was pretty emotional, and everybody else was just walking away from their house. So I really don't know what to do and of course my real estate agent was only interested for me to sell it because he wants the commission so i did not have any resources i think if had i known a financial coach or even know how to look for financial coach or i was there you know to support someone who's also going through the same thing i would probably have advised myself to just keep the home because it's in silicon valley it will always gonna go back up and it did go back up, so I would have been able to rent it out and then easily make money just of the rental rental income. So, so I think that was one of the. I think that's just probably the only struggle or financial decision I've made that I regretted, and then that's one of the reason why I want to do it. I think the second one is that I really firmly believe. Um, Everyone should own their finances, meaning I want to teach my client how to manage their own money, how to run, you know, how to be in control of it instead of asking a financial advisor to manage it for them. So that's really my belief. I really want everyone to, to do it themselves because like no one should care about your finances but yourself. Well, that's true. Although you're right, you need to have somebody give you the pros and cons who doesn't care what your decision is. They just want you to make the best decision because maybe the decision would have been great to sell. Maybe it would have been great to keep the house, but you don't know that without having all the information. So that process for you was a little frustrating, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. It was frustrating. I ended up making the wrong decision because I didn't have, you know, proper guidance. And then what made you look into how to do this yourself? You didn't, you didn't look into it or you looked into it when you were the housing market crashed, but you still made the wrong choice. Cause at some point you had to start looking into like, how can I find the resources? How can I find someone to help me? What's out there so that this, so that I don't feel this frustration financially. Yeah, yeah. I think after that event, it just planted a seed in my head. Like, and and I start my spiritual journey. I hired a life coach, and then I think 
I think she realized how much I'm so into personal finance, how I just love doing it. So she encouraged me, why don't you be that person who would have helped yourself many years ago? So then I started looking into that and she said, just start, just start coaching family, friends, whatever, and just see how you feel. And then that's exactly how I did. I, I found some friends who want to be coach and I realized how much I love it, how much I'm just really good at it. So and then I just kept continuing and then I started charging. Then it just went on from there. I started at a very low rate and then slowly established that over time. I think that's crazy because finance isn't an easy thing to go into. Um, we have a daughter that's in finance and, you know, it wasn't an easy journey for her to go through education wise. And you have to have the right mindset to be able to get the information and know how to best give it back to people that make sense. And you represent people through the IRS and you do tax prep now. So it's not like a little thing, like, oh, I just have some information for you. Okay. You're, yeah, you're getting all your certifications. Yep. Was it hard for you to go back and get certifications or was it just so worth it or did it just really click with you? Um, so with financial coaching, you don't need a certification. So a lot of what okay. I teach is like from what I learn, and then like I, you know, some people are just naturally gifted when it comes yeah. to finance. So I feel I was, and but with tax, you can't just charge people and not be certified. So it's part of the requirement of the IRS to be certified. So that's the um, to go to answer the question. Was it hard to go back to be certified? I think the harder part was actually studying every single day to pass three tests because the IRS requires you to pass three exams. So I have passed two already, and now I'm studying for the last one. Is that the I can't remember what it's called, but it's enrolled like the the what enrolled agent. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what that is. So I, a long time ago in a different lifetime, galaxies far away, I managed a company um, and they did corporate law. And yeah. so, yes, I'm very familiar with corporate law and um, I managed the account and enrolled agent was part of that. And it's not, that's great that you've done that. That's really amazing. Thank you. Yes. So what an offshoot. So now I understand your frustration with the whole life insurance and, or you need, you want to have investable assets, which means you have to give up six, six figures um, and give control of that. So you never opted into any of those programs. You just knew that they weren't the right fit for you. No, no. I, I, if I manage people's money, it just feels like I'm still in charge of your money. I'm, I'm not putting the power onto my client. And that's not exactly the mission I want. The mission I want is that I want to put the power of controlling their finances to my client and what to do with it. I'm just there to guide them and coach them to do the right thing. So they will know what to do. So there, I don't have to head and hold them forever. They're just there throughout the time we work together. And then after that, they're confident enough to make their own decisions. And they probably will come to me only when they have big life decisions and I can help them guide through that. And you never found anyone to help you before that. Uh, with the with, with your fun, nope. yeah, nope. That's so crazy. This is so fun that you did this and it just went. It just started. Now, tell me about your life, the coach that you got that kind of sent you down this path. Tell me a little bit more about hiring that person and why you did and what you were looking for. Because this had to have been a surprise for you too, to some degree. 
Yeah, so I mean, part of my career choice, um, that was just one of the things we worked together. But for the most part, she helped me on other stuff too, because I was also working through other things too that was hard in my life and I needed some guidance. So she really helped me with that. And I, um, I started in my spiritual journey. I was taking a lot of spiritual training classes. So meditation, it really, really helped me to actually get me centered and focus on myself. So, um, yeah, so basically she, um, yeah, she just really there to, cause I need the one-on-one coaching to help guide me through, you know, that major life decision. And she was very helpful. I got into this meal because of her push. I love that though. Yeah. And who would have known, um, right, can you go into your spiritual journey with us at all? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. I love hearing about that. And I want to know because it usually ties into this. Yeah. 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 Tell me. Um, yeah, sure. Um, so, so basically the reason I started that was because um, someone I was in love with broke up with me. So I think a big major trauma makes you want to go inside. And I think I was, I think I was just going relationship to relationship because you know, because you you just feel an emptiness inside of you. And so you just, you know, you just want to, um, you're just trying to find this person to date to fulfill that emptiness. So I think when that happened, so we, um, yeah, so when that happened, I'm like, you know what, I don't want this to continue happening. So I, I look around like maybe, oh yeah, maybe I need to go internally. So I think that was the start of my journey. And because of what happened, instead of me going from date to date to date and going into relationship after relationship, barely barely giving myself a break to be alone and single. And so this time, I think for a whole year while I was in my spiritual journey, I was uh, mainly single. Then when I got into a relationship, which was my current relationship, and we've been together for like five years now. So I think it really helped that alone time to actually really un, um really dig deeper absolutely and i think it's very common for um many of us to look for that validation in ourselves we look for it outside in one way or another and then all of a sudden it's time to figure out why you're doing what you're doing and that it's not working anymore mm-hmm. and that same coach talked to you about your passion with finance or did you talk about your frustration with finance um, yeah, I think that was just part of the conversation. It just comes up, you know, like, um, yeah, okay. Like, um, you know, throughout our time together, it was just a small portion of what I talked about. Mostly it was just, it was relationships, just life, just, you know, like I, I felt like I had low self-esteem. So I was hanging out with quote unquote friend who was kind of condescending to me. And then I was kind of just putting up with it because I didn't, you know, I didn't have a high self-esteem. So I think because of our work together and also not just her, but because of my spiritual work together, taking a spiritual training, um, I've seen cut off, you know, those kind of friendships that doesn't make me feel good and doesn't uplift me. So a lot of that is just end of the day, you know, it's about you feeling good about yourself. So, you know, we live life to actually be happy every day, to pursue what you love, what you're passionate about. So if you don't, feel good about anything that I think you should always question that, you know, what can you do to feel good and then how can you shift it so you can feel better about yourself? Cause I'm a strong believer of law of attraction. 
So, you know, it is, uh, Dove Attraction is, is mainly focused on like, you know, you, you need to have that vibration so you can attract what you love, right? So you want to always be in that high vibration all the time. So that means to feel good, to feel happy about yourself, your life, pretty much all the time. If you can do it 100%, that's even better, right? But we're human, so we'll shoot for 90% or 95%. So if we don't feel good, then, you know, just figure out how you can change that vibration so you can feel happy. So that's why I try every single day to always pursue um, what makes me happy. And if something makes me angry, makes me happy, uh, unhappy, then I will have to figure out how do I switch this or change this environment, you know, whatever I can control into something that, you know, will make me happy. Yeah. And then so far I've never been depressed anymore. And yeah. And then, and yeah, life has been really good. And I think doing this, I just know this is right. Being an entrepreneur is, I love, I love, I love my life every day. You know, you wait, I wake up, Whenever I want to, you run your own show. You don't have to ask for approval from a boss. Do I need a vacation? I just take a vacation when I want to. So I can change my pricing whenever I want to. I don't have to ask for permission. So it's really awesome. Yes. Amen to that because we're all in the same boat together. Uh, yes, I love that part. You don't realize. and But with that, I mean, I love that part. That is absolutely 100% true. I do know also that when you're doing something you love and you're working for yourself, that you put in a ton more in a different, it's different energy. It's better energy and positive energy, but I work harder for myself than I do for someone else, but it doesn't yes. seem like yes. as work as much, but exactly. Yeah. And it's so much nicer. I know. And I'll, I mean, there are months where I'm like, Oh no, I'm not going back to a cubicle someone else like no this is if there's a complaint it is not nearly as big as that complaint so with your spiritual journey how long did it take you how difficult was it when you have that lower self-esteem and you're struggling and attracting the wrong people what was the process for you to get through that on the other to change your thinking and change your habits how did you break up with your friends um you know, I, I'm not exactly sure because like when I, I moved here, I immigrated here from the Philippines in year 2000. So I was only 20 at the time. Um, I'm obviously 38 now. So it, I think for the first 10 years, I was actually depressed and lonely for a long time because, you know, you immigrate from a country, you're alone, you don't know what to do, you're in a new country, you're figuring yourself out. And it's it was just very hard and, you know, coming to a culture. So... I, I don't really know. I think the first 10 years I was pretty much lost here in the U.S. So I think it's just, I've always been interested in spirituality on, you know, this mysticism. So I think finally when I went head on and deep dive and I really want to do this, I think slowly my environment just changed. I think, you know, when things internally change, your environment just changed and I attracted good people. I attracted a good relationship. I attract, I've, you know, I think with my jobs, I've always had good jobs. So I've attracted a good boss. And then, and yeah, now, now I've attracted um, running a life that I want, a business that I want. So I think it's really just your internal shift. And then I, I don't, I can't really say it was a one point in time just click. I think it was just an ongoing slow journey. But I can say that I can pretty much manage myself pretty well that I know what to do now when things doesn't go right, then I'm, I'm, in a, I'm better equipped to actually just transform it to something that 
that will work for me. So before I, I was, I was just lost. I just didn't know how to just transform it. So, but now I, I can now only because of all the work that I've done. Yeah. How excited were you when your coach said, Hey, what about financial coaching? Because that's something that you're frustrated about and you must've had like an aptitude for it. You have to be good at it because yeah. <laughs> everything I'm frustrated about, I'm not good at. So, <laughs> so it was a frustration for you personally and you really wanted it to be different, to feel different for people. But then also you liked it and were good at it, which mm-hmm. is crazy. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So you figured that out with your coach. Was that a light bulb moment for you or were you really excited about it? Um, I think she, we're always talking about money during the time we're together. And then she knew that that's something I'm really good at. So I've always been very good at managing my finances. And then she told me I can start there just teaching people how to manage their finances. Cause when she told me that I was actually really surprised. I'm like, really, I have to teach people how to do that. And then she's like, yeah, you can't believe there are many people she knows who doesn't know how to manage their finances. So right. I myself was actually very surprised that there's a need for it because I was not just naturally good at it. So, so that's how I started just managing finances and you just start everything else. Like for example, like my mortgage, uh, selling my house thing. So that was more like, something that I learned over time how to advise on. But uh, it started with the foundation of managing your financial house. Because that's basically the foundation. You have to know how to budget. You have to watch your expenses. So I was just really, really good at that. And then like, you know, um, and then my services just kept adding more and more to it as my business grew and I started getting other clients. Because in the beginning, I was very focused on teaching people about budgeting. and, and And I started to get clients who actually has a lot of debt like you know six Mm -hmm. figure student loans credit card debt total and what I found out after working three years and focusing only on the practical side there's a lot of money behavioral issues underlying that so now what I'm adding on now is it's also deep diving into their money behavior we actually go through their entire history from age five if they remember you know, the earliest memory of money year by year, we'll go through that really deep dive into their money memory, money history. And then, and then you know, I help them figure out what has caused them trauma and how it's still impacting them today. So a lot of like sometimes why they're in debt is really because of the traumas they've experienced in the past. So we have to work on healing that trauma. So it's a very spiritual work too. So the behavioral piece is very spiritual. The practical side, you know, it's all dollar and numbers, right? So I try to integrate both of this together. There's the holistic practical finances, which is the tax, retirement. Then there's the overall holistic as a person looking at the spiritual side as well. Were you surprised? Well, I mean, you were surprised that people needed that because it's so you were good at it. So why you would just assume everybody's good at it? So that I know that was your first surprise. But were you were you surprised at the holistic and spiritual side of it once you started working with people? Was that another surprise? Because it is it was for me when I realized. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Because I, 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 
when I start working with people, I'm like, why don't people just get it? It's just really plus and minuses. But <laughs> so, so, so really now that, now that I have really, the more I've, you know, for a long time, I think the first two years, I kept ignoring that thinking like, no, it's just a practical plus and minus. But I think over time, as I get to meet other coaches as well, so I'm realizing there is a lot of value to actually working on their behavior. So I have been most successful working on my practical stuff with clients who doesn't have any debt issue. So if they don't have any debt issue, they just want strategies on retirement planning to move forward because they're really, really good with money. So I have a lot of success there. But with people who have a lot of debt, I don't have a lot of success and I feel so bad that, you know, even though I keep telling them to budget, to whatever, it's just not working out. And then because I haven't really work on their underlying root issues. So now I am working on it and it's just so much fulfilling because you learn about your client's history. You also build a deeper relationship, you know, like clients have lots of traumas from their parents, you know, who went to prison to like their parents who, who just always in debt. So who else are they going to learn about managing money, but their parents, you know, we you don't learn that in school. Unfortunately, you don't talk about money with friends either. It's not, you know, it's it's not exactly an open topic people talk about, you know, with money. Oh, how do you do that? And then there's a taboo to it or shame with it, talking about money and debt too. So it's not something you just talk openly about. So, yeah. No, and that's odd. Is it the same in the Philippines? How did you, first of all, it is just numbers in black and white. And it's very logical and it just <laughs> adds up. It's math. It's not like there's, it's, subtraction and addition that's without compound interest and everything else. I mean, mostly it's just addition and subtraction. So how did you learn it? Was it taught in your family? Is it more common in the Philippines? Because this is like life skills. There's a lot of life skills that just don't get taught because there are kids, they don't know how to sew on a button. They don't know how to balance their checkbook. They don't know. I mean, like there's a million things. They don't know how to cook something or grocery shop or yeah. And, and nothing. They don't know any of that. So how did you learn how to do all those things? Yeah. So I think in my Asian culture, I think not, not all Asian culture, obviously, but uh, generally in the Asian culture, like Chinese family, we grew up with very, um, you know, my mom was frugal. My aunt was frugal. So I think it was just kind of ingrained, ingrained in me. Like um, we were raised to always save to always watch your money, always plan for the future. So that's kind of the culture I grew up in. And when I came here to America at age 20, uh, my aunt had me started at Roth IRA, which is a retirement account at age 20. I have no clue what it was, but I'm so happy I did it. Like my money have really increased since the time I put money into it. So, so yeah, it was just, um, I think it just started really with my family, just being the habit of saving don't be in debt, and then mortgage is the only debt you want to have. So, and yeah, and then it's just, a, and I've always liked that. I was valued that. I respect that. And, um, but the only thing, like, my aunt was very much like a coupon person, you know, like dollar coupon save here. But I, I didn't exactly agree with that because I'm more like, you know, time is money. So I'd rather invest my time, you know, that will save me the most money or make me the most money. So for me, coupon wasn't really saving me much money because it was only a dollar here and there. So there are things, there are a lot of things I learned from my aunt and then some things that I also have just formed an opinion on, uh, you know, myself as well. 
that's excellent though that you learned it and that you listened and that you implemented it and then you took it further i mean that's fantastic it's hard to do that even if you're raised in an environment that encourages that and you believe that it's a good idea it's still tough to actually do it when you see the shiny things or you know you want to go to school and that that i think student loans are the biggest mm -hmm. travesty and i have some but i mean i just it's the worst debt ever. Uh, that's a totally different conversation, though. Yeah, yeah. So you realize that you just go ahead. Go. I go. was just gonna say I just posted a video on student loans on LinkedIn today, so I should I should tag you on that so you yes. Can... <laughs> so, but it it's a very it's actually quite sad how um I have some clients who who just doesn't realize how much their loans have grown because. You, you know, they might tell you it's on deferment, it's your own income-based repayment, you only owe this much money, but you don't realize it has is growing at an exponential rate because any new balance you have is based on calculation from the principal plus interest the previous month. So you can see how it can easily grow. So they just don't realize this. They don't realize that when you're forgiven doesn't mean that it's not a taxable event. You have to pay taxes even if you're forgiven. So I, I yeah. had to educate. I want to give more awareness to people. And it's just sad, our, our country, like we, there's not a lot of education student loans. And those third-party providers who get, who, you know, um, who's handling all that student loan for the government, they're not there to educate you or they're not there to make sure that you get out of debt because they're in business to keep you in debt, right? <laughs> so it, it, it's, it's quite sad, actually. <laughs> I think our whole economy is in business to keep us in debt. <laughs> but that's, that's my soap. I just, there is nothing about the U.S. economy that's trying to help you get out of debt. Yeah. And yeah. if they are, you have to, like make enough money to be able to do that you have i mean it's ridiculous it's just this perpetual cycle yeah. of being sucked back in to get out of it's yeah and so that's gonna be really refreshing you work with people it doesn't matter what their portfolio size is or their income is you work with anyone correct yes yes so so i know People always tell me you got to niche down, you got to niche down. So I hear it all the time. I even wrote a post about that on LinkedIn. But the thing is that I'm always open. People come to me, so I interview them. They set up a complimentary call. And then, you know, I'll, I'll ask them some questions. They fill up the intake form. So if you're someone I can help, you know, and then regardless of, you know, where you're at, you know, I'm someone... If your your situation is something I can help on, and you are ready to commit and invest the time and money to do this work, and I will definitely help you. So anyone is always welcome to come to me, and um, you know, if they want to attain financial freedom or whatever their financial goals are. You were really excited to quit your corporate job. I know that you liked it, and it wasn't terrible, and you've had some. I mean, but basically, it was giving you a good income, and you didn't hate it. You did want to leave it and and do this, but you put in a lot of time on nights, mornings, weekends, and like you you alluded to earlier, you worked with family and friends, and you weren't charging anyone. You were just kind of feeling it out for a while. Yep. Yep. And then you hit a point where you knew you really wanted to do it and it could actually be, your coach was right. It could be a business. There is a niche. There's people that need you. And so you started charging. And 
you have a blog post about your first month and that's kind of what I'm referring to. You were generating some income, but it wasn't enough. And um, then you had to take another look at your own budget. So I love this because you follow your own directives. You don't just tell people or, well, you're not telling them, you're coaching them. Like these are ways that you can do this. And then the person has to take control themselves, but you actually had to live your directive Mm -hmm. by deciding that you wanted to stop working your job and be able to do this full time. And it took a couple of years to do that. Tell me about what you did to get to the point that you could do this full time. Yeah, sure. So, um, I look at my budget really well. I saw where else I can cut back. So, um, I think I was eating out a lot. You know, we love eating out. We're in Silicon Valley. Bay area has tons of food. So we had to cut back on eating out. That's one thing's, um, you know, I had to change in my budget. So I was just looking at where else can I cut down and what's really my minimum. So I, cause I know, I mean, I'm not going to be living that lifestyle for a while. So, so yeah, I just figure out what my minimum is. And then, um, that's what I target for. And I also changed my pricing structure because I was charging people a lot less before. So I know I wasn't going to survive on pay per session. Cause I, you know, I have to sell in packages and also it's not very effective. You know, you do one session, it's, you can't make any change with one session unless you have really one very quick question to work on. But when it comes to coaching, you really need a couple of sessions to actually work through things. So I changed that, my pricing structure, and also, um, yeah, and also just cut down on my budgeting and then uh, on my eating out and really be more tight on some things. But, but yeah, and then I was lucky my first month in May being full-time because May 3rd was my last day. So my entire month was May. Uh, I was actually profitable. And then I've been actually profitable since, except, you know, I think for the month of July when everybody was just on vacation, it's like summer months and I'm not the only one. My other coach friends too said, yeah, usually summer is like their slow month too. So, so, but I am starting to keep working through and, you know, just making sure I have a lot of different lead sources and stuff. And, you know, that's a constant thing to always market your business. Yeah. I love that you built up for a couple of years first and then you realize you really took a look because we've done this and, um, you really, really have to look at what you can cut out. We have ours written out now on a, um, our budget uh, on a paper for my business and for just our joint household expenses mm-hmm. and yeah. how, you know, I mean, it is shocking. And we did the same thing. We started to minimize our lives in lots of areas and finances were one of them. And we, like, we haven't had TV, cable TV in years. I don't even know what's on TV and I don't <laughs> care. You know, you realize yeah. these things that you have that you, that you think that you need or that you're familiar with or that you're used to. And, you know, we play, we pay for um, Netflix and that's fine. And we, I mean, we rent DVD. We, it didn't, we didn't even, we didn't even miss it the first month that it was gone when we got rid of that. And we, you know, you change your internet provider. We changed the auto insurance. We looked at our phone bill. I mean, everything. You look through every one of your bills and you realize where we didn't have a ton we could cut down on, but you realize where you can shave a little bit off here and there. And now we just consistently evaluate that. um, And we're both almost out of debt. 
And yeah. if you if you had asked me before, I would have th- told you like, there's no way I can pay with the amount I'm making. There's no way I can pay off debt on top of everything else. Like I can hardly do what I'm doing, and it wasn't easy. It hasn't been easy to do it. Yeah. Um, do you do anything with people's credit and things that are on credit that come up or raising their credit scores? Um, not as a company, but um, more in ways of like, okay, if you pay down your debt, yeah, you um, you're being responsible, and then you know, and I I I have nothing against credit card. Actually, credit card is a good way to build credit. But as long as my clients have come to the point where in they know how to be on passive cash flow, they know how to use it wisely. But but I think if I had to choose between credit and debit for a responsible person who are on positive cash flow, I would always recommend them to use credit card because yeah. there's so much more features to it. You can build your credit card, credit score. You, you have the protection of it. And then and you can dispute anything, fraudulent charges. So, yeah. so that's how I help them with um just, you know, you it's going to be slow and steady, you know, growth. And then you just have to be responsible, pay your bills. So that's in terms of how I help with their building back their credit. I love that. I, you know, what was shocking for me is when we looked at our credit report, we didn't, you don't realize some things are on there or how long they've been on there. And so I just did it on my own. I didn't hire anybody, but you start to realize, you know, if it's been seven years, you can ask for it to be taken off. It's been, if it's been purchased by several different companies and the amount has now gone up, yeah. you can say, you can dispute a lot of things. And so we went through and disputed and just looked at stuff and got balances and made phone calls on some of the debt that we didn't even realize was debt. And, you know, it can, it, it impacts you. That's just, I think everything in life is compound interest. <laughs> And your spiritual journey is a perfect example of that. When you start doing those little steps, small steps every day, over time, it makes a difference. There's no light switch. And it's the same thing with your money, with your credit score, with your debt, with your... And when you actually reach out, finances are terrifying for most people. But when when I... I, I didn't like it. It was very uncomfortable. I printed off everything in my credit score so I would know the names the names of every creditor, whether it's going against your credit or for it, it lists everything that you owe. So I went through and called every single one of them. I think it was 24 of them to start out. And I have two, I have two things on my, so, I mean, it's just crazy when you get past that fear or anxiety or just not like not wanting to do it and you do it. It actually makes a huge difference, but it is hard to Stick to that budget and let things go and, you know, shutting off cable. Our kids were all upset. I know your dog doesn't care. (laughs) My kids are like, no, and not one of them missed it. So I just, you know, there's so much wiggle room in that, but I think it's so exciting that you, your journey was in compound interest, making all those spiritual growth and changing yourself. It's small things every day over time, adding up. Yep. And then the same thing works with finances. And then you're working with people in both of those areas. So, but I loved your blog. It talked about how you look at your budget and you figured out how could I do this? Because your desire to run this business and not work and not do it part time and not work in the corporate world anymore was so strong. You know, you're willing to, to take a look and cut things out because eating out wasn't as important as running the business from your home. Yeah, exactly. And then you were profitable your first month, you little stinker. 
Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, I was so happy. Like I think if I was not profitable then it would have been disappointing. But yeah, I mean five out of six months I was profitable and I think that's really awesome. I'm like so proud of myself. <laughs> you should be. I mean you absolutely should be. And that just shows what a huge need there is in this area. So now you're gonna start doing tax planning, which is an another step. Yep, yep. And you don't do anything with insurance or investable assets? Nope. No, with insurance, I mean, I educate them. So, I mean, investments and insurance, I educate them. You know, I don't give them any specific recommendation. I don't tell them what to do because, like, you know, you should, unless you're a licensed investment advisor. So, with insurance, I mean, most of the questions I get is, like, you know, do they need insurance? What kind of life insurance they need? So, I just educate them, you know, what exactly is life insurance for, you know, is to insure a life, you know, if you have anyone financially dependent on you, if you pass away, and that's the time you would need a life insurance, because if you don't, because life insurance is not meant to become investment vehicle, insurance company only did that so they can make more money and, and market it that way to people who does not know anything about investments, but really investment isn't really that hard, you know, you, you know, I mean, the way I teach is that it just clicked to them, and then they're like, oh, I get it, and they know what to do after that, I don't even have to tell them what to invest and how to invest and whatever. So they get it. It's just really understanding the concepts. Yeah. You talk a little bit in your post about how you got clients mm -hmm. and that you had people give you feedback on your website and you really listen to people about this stuff. So how have you gone about doing that? About my website? Well, getting clients and because you you don't do you know I know we're not talking marketing and stuff, but for people who want to start their own or think that they can't or oh. are stuck with finances, how did you get your clients? How have you found the best way to interact with people? Um, so clients usually found me through Yelp or through LinkedIn or Google search or maybe Facebook sometimes, Instagram, and then usually they just go to my website, and you go to my website, almost every page has a schedule, a complimentary chat, so then they just schedule a chat from there, and you know, sometimes they call me, but you know, I don't normally pick up my call because I get so many spam calls, so and, you know, my voicemail will just tell them to just schedule it, and then, yeah, they just schedule it, and then it's going to be through Zoom call, and then, you know, we just get to know each other, and then, and you know, and usually some of them are ready to sign up, some of them aren't yet, and usually they'll just come back in a few weeks or next month, yeah. You also have some free resources, uh, yeah, you do have to schedule your chat, it's great, and it is a 15-minute complimentary so you can see if it's a good fit. Um, you have some information on your resources for people. And then also, can you tell me the difference? You do, you do financial co coaching and business coaching. And then you have an online budgeting course. So I know the online budgeting course is probably totally different. But what's the difference between business coaching and financial coaching? So I started the business coaching only because I have a lot of aspiring financial coaches come to me because they want to start their business too. So I, um, you know, in the beginning I was okay to talk to them, but I think as I got more and more busier, I just don't have the time to talk to everyone. So that's why I, I 
decided, you know, I'm just going to offer this business coaching. So if they ever want to, you know, know more about how I did, how I quit my job, then they can just hire me for business coaching. And it's just a pay as you go because it's not my main business. So I'm okay with people, you know, just want to do a one hour pick my brain session. Then they can just book a time there and just talk to me about, you know, how how to run my business, how to make it profitable, how to market, and pretty much anything they want to ask me about. I love that. That's fantastic. That's not what I thought it was. So that's great. I'm really glad that I asked. What advice would you give people moving forward? Or who's your ideal client? Or what would you like to end with as a piece of words of wisdom from Christine? Um, yeah, so my, um, so like I mentioned, like, um, anyone can come to me, but I do have people who I like working with. I think my preference are like working professionals who are in their early careers. And the reason is, um, again, I'm not saying if you don't feel fit into this, whatever description, I'm not going to help you, but, but that's just a preference of mine. So basically the reason I say that is because, I have a lot of impact on them. Like I've had several clients, um, actually I'm still working with them. They're in their twenties. They just started uh, working. So it's the best time to work with them because if I set things up, you know, help them set things up correctly from the beginning, then they have the time value of money because they're at an early age to build whatever that wealth is. And then they really know and be confident of their finances early on. So, so to me, I feel I can make more of a bigger impact if they're in their early career. And then, of course, I like working with working professionals. You know, it doesn't mean I don't want to work with entrepreneurs, but I, you know, I do like working with those, um, you know, with that population. But again, my clients is like come from all over the place too. Well, it's good. I understand why you want to work with people that are younger. I think you were that person that was younger, feeling lost in a different yeah. way, maybe not with finances. So yeah. in from the spiritual perspective or the depression perspective yeah. or just whatever, yeah. you really, really probably resonate very easily. Yeah. And also, I forgot to mention, and the reason I also love working with them is because I part of my... When you do money coaching and you talk about spirituality, you are doing some sort of life coaching already. So because they open up to you about their past. So, you know, when you try to help them to to forgive, you know, their past, whatever their trauma, that's also a part life coaching already. So I love that. I love like, you know, giving my words of wisdom to them. And then, you know, one of them is like, I give them even career advice, whatever relationship advice. So it's kind of like included in that as part of your conversation. And, and I just love that. I love helping them, you know, get to the right place at such an early, younger age. I love that. Christine, thank you so much for being on and sharing all of your information and experience. I really appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really, um, I really had fun. <laughs> thank you for taking the time to get naked with us. If you'd like to bear it all with me, get in touch. Your story is unique and valuable. Let's show it off.